Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka hi everyone i'm denise hanitka and you are listening to a brand new episode of on a mother level This is episode 77. I am so glad you are here listening. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome to the podcast where women everywhere can relate with the struggles and successes of being a modern mom. So today, I have a great interview for you. This was a conversation that I enjoyed from start to finish. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you a few Abe stories. Abe is my four-year-old. And he's, uh, he's uh, turned into a real mouthy little character. Four, I would say, is my least favorite age so far. Can you relate to that? Let me tell you about having a four-year-old. First of all, four-year-olds surprise you with their knowledge and their smarts out of nowhere. Okay, so here, for example, I promised Abe that we would go to get some chicken at the drive-thru. And then we would go eat said chicken at the park. So that's how I ended up in the drive-thru of the Popeyes in Davenport. And as we rolled up to the menu board in the drive-thru, you know, it's, it's a pretty standard menu board. We'd never been to that Popeyes before. But it's pretty standard. And all of a sudden, from the back, I hear, I'll take a number six. Um, what? My four-year-old just ordered himself a number six. Okay, so it makes sense. He looks up at the board. The number six has a picture of chicken tenders next to it. So homie sees number six tenders. It's the three-piece tender meal. He says, I'll take a number six. I realize this is not like my child doing algebra, but it's still like his little brain having processed the fact that he likes chicken. He loves a tender. There's a picture of a tender with the number six next to it. And so what does he do? He says, I'll take the number six. Guess what? We got him the number six. Except for some reason, this Popeye's decided they didn't have fries right now. What? What? I'm sorry, you don't have fries right now? So, what, like, you want me to get a bucket of mashed potatoes to take to the park? So I ordered a bunch of extra biscuits as my side. It was, the whole thing was stupid. Anywho... <laughs> That's my Abe drive through story. Just weird. Um, but he's also just a real mouthy character. And he just he just wants what he wants when he wants it. And I know that was apparently the terrible twos. I didn't experience that. I'm having the um, ferocious fours. Are we cool with that? The ferocious fours. Because Abe is just an absolute monster when it comes to the stuff he wants. So, for example, this morning, this kid... First of all, Midwest moms, you know what I'm talking about. Where the second your kid gets to wear shorts one time, now we only want to wear shorts ever, even though the temperature is fluctuating. So I'm in a battle of pants versus shorts. And that's when Abe decides he really has a much more specific need than just pants or shorts. Mama, why don't I have windy pants like Kong? Kong is what he calls his little brother. Windy pants, he says he wants. What is windy pants, Abram? (sighs) Windy pants are black with the white stripes on the side. 
So like a like a jogger situation, you know, with a little trendy white stripe. I get it. <laughs> but somewhere along the lines, he decided they're called windy pants and that he doesn't have them. And that's a huge problem for him on this particular day. So I reached back into my mama bag of tricks and I threw the shorts at him and I said, all right, fine, you can wear the shorts. And I gave him a pair of green shorts that I thought would match his new shirt really well. And that's when he threw the second fit of the morning. Because if we had green shorts, why did we not wear them for Wear Green Day a couple of months ago? It was Wear Green Day at Teachers and Friends, Mom, at daycare. It was Wear Green Day. We didn't wear these. Now you're, now you're offering me these green shorts. Unreal. The audacity, right, of me as the mother. The audacity to, to show him that we do, in fact, have green shorts. Unreal. So if you're wondering what he went to school today in, he wore his new shirt, the original pair of gray pants that I picked out before the first fight, and that was the end of that. Or was it? Or did I, on my lunch hour, go out and buy that kid two pairs of windy pants? So what if I did, okay? The kid's got windy pants, okay? We're lucky we can go to the store and get windy pants when we want windy pants. That's just the mom I am, I guess. So I was tough in the moment, not so tough during my lunch hour. Did I want to escape the building and go get some some windy pants? 100%. So that's me. That's my story for today. Okay, now we're going to get to someone else who really sticks to her guns. My guest today is Stephanie Beavers. Now, I reached out to Stephanie initially. We've been Facebook friends for a little while. And I reached out to her because she posted something that caught my eye on Facebook the other day. She posted about how she had decided after a month that she was going to change her daughter's name. She has a newborn, um, about six weeks old, and about the one-month mark, she decided that the name that she and her husband had chosen together was not her daughter's name. And so she wrote in her Facebook post eloquently explaining why and letting people know about the change. And I thought, I thought what a, first of all, a brave move, you know, not to change your daughter's name, but to announce it on Facebook. I feel like Facebook's kind of an ugly place lately. Um, but to to do it with such conviction and not really care what anybody says. And I thought, what a relatable moment for anybody. Isn't that what parenting is? Isn't that what motherhood is? Is looking at a decision you've made or trying to decide about a decision that you're going to make and feeling it in your mom gut and going with it. And so that's what Stephanie did. And so she's going to explain the process of changing her daughter's name um, after only a couple weeks after birth. And it's weird because that's the initial reason that I reached out to her, but our conversation was so much more than that. And I learned so much about her and about who she is as a mom and what makes her tick. And I related to her so much during this conversation. I know you're going to love to hear from her. You're going to hear about a very real moment she had in the workplace where someone used motherhood against her for real at work. Um, And you're going to hear about how she dealt with that. And you're going to hear about why she's in a much better place because of that person. So this is a wide ranging interview where we start with um, a very interesting story about how she met and started dating her now husband, transitioning into um, some crazy things that happened to her in the workplace. And then we'll talk about um, about changing her daughter's name and why it makes so much more sense for her and the peace that she now has as a mom for having followed her gut. And so I think that is such a takeaway of this conversation is to go with your gut always, always, always. Even if your gut says go during your lunch hour and get this, just get the stupid windy pants. Just get them. Okay. That's what my gut told me. And then my gut told me to go get a smoothie. And I did. So here we go. Let's introduce our guest, Stephanie Beavers. It's very random that we're doing this interview today because you came up in my memories on Facebook <laughs> from 2015 from the Children's Therapy Center, which is probably oh the last time I goodness. saw you. Yes. Yep. That was the last time. Oh, that was fun. I yeah. But oh, you are fun. a very brave woman for agreeing to talk to me. Eight o'clock 
on a Thursday, you have a <laughs> newborn and yeah. I'm impressed that you like, you've got her schedule down pretty much pat. Like, you know, when she's going to wake up tonight. Yes. Yep. Her next bottle will be 9.30 and then we'll be up at 12.30 and then 3.30, which is my favorite one. And then <laughs> uh, she'll sleep in until six. So she wakes how up do at you, six. How do I you have her so regimented like that? That's very impressive. Um, luck, just luck. <laughs> kind of once I saw that that's what she was doing a little bit on her own, when it came close to that time, I would get her up and, you know, kind of snuggle with her. And then she would kind of be like, oh, I am hungry. So, you know, once I kind of figured out that was sort of what she was doing, I kind of pushed it and made sure that that was what she kept doing. And it works. Well, for one month in on the second baby, I feel like you are like making this seem really, really easy. (laughs) Is it as easy as you're making it sound right now? Not at all. (laughs) No, it's, oh, it's, it's hard. You know, having, having kids in general is harder than you think. I have so many nieces and nephews. I was like, I got this. Like I babysit them overnight before and I, this is going to be so easy and it's not, (laughs) Um, but I do have to say going from one to two was a little bit easier than going from zero to one. That is so interesting because I feel like everybody has a different kind of hot take on what transition is the hardest. (laughs) I just talked to a mom of three for the podcast this week, and she said one to two was harder than two to three. Really? It's just so interesting. You know, going from one to two, you have a better idea of, you know, what they're trying to tell you and you have more tools in your toolbox. So it's like, okay, she's crying. Check the diaper. Is she tired? Give her a passy. Try this. Like, whereas the first time it's like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. (laughs) What do you think stands out about that first, like the first transition that makes you feel like it was more difficult? Just totally flying by the seat of your pants? You think like, okay, they cry and then I'll feed them and then I'll change them. And you think it's just going to be so straightforward, but then it happens where it's like, wait, I just fed them five minutes ago. Why are they crying now? Like their diapers clean. I don't get it. And you try a million and one things. And then all of a sudden you do something and they are calm and it's like, duh, of course that's what it was. Why didn't I do that first? But then the next time it's completely different. I know. I know. But I think the, the one to two has been easier so far. How about the pregnancies? Which one was easier? Second one. By really? Oh, oh, tell yeah. me. Tell me more. So I got uh, Peloton. <laughs> Big fan. And I cycled all throughout my pregnancy. I stayed really active. And with my first, I was on the couch a lot. And so what I found by staying active, I wasn't having the aches and pains that I had before. And I had more energy and just felt better. And like, yeah. you know, there's also like the body image issues when you're, you're gaining that much weight, it's hard, um, to see that. And so when I was working out though, I was still gaining muscle and I was just really proud of my body. Um, at the end of my pregnancy, I think I ended up being around the same weight that I was with my first, but I was toned and I had that strength um, and delivery. Oh my goodness. No comparison between the two either. Like really, Oh, my first, I was in labor for like over 48 hours and I had to push for an hour and a half. No, with my second, I was in labor (laughs) for eight hours maybe. And I pushed twice, two times. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) We have a baby. It was crazy because she was just there and they were like, she's a redhead. And I was like, what? And even though I was crying, like, I was just like, let's see. And just the second push and there she was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so Maddie doesn't have as red of hair as Riley does? Yeah. So Maddie, she was born with black hair. Okay. And it fell out and then it came back and now it's kind of like a blonde brown we call it rose gold because that's what it reminds me of 
And Riley's just a straight redhead. Oh, I love it. Well, I pay a lot of money to have hair that looks like yours. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. I want to go back to something you just said, because like, I think it's so important and I wish people could see your face when you say it, you said second pregnancy. I'm so proud of my body. Say it louder for the people in the back. Like I (laughs) love you for saying that and for saying it with like such conviction, because let's be real. Like not everybody feels that way and we should feel that way. Yeah. It's, it's hard, you know, cause it, you see the transition, but when you realize that you are a strong mama that is making a baby. And like, when I was working out too, I was like, Oh dang, I'm creating human and I'm staying active and I'm getting all this muscle. And like, it was just, it was nice. It was a really nice feeling to be proud of how I felt and the work I put in. And, you know, just at the end of the day, like you are creating another human and Mm -hmm. it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was just telling a friend today that with my second pregnancy, I felt like I dropped a lot of the BS, like a lot of the, (laughs) you know, a lot of the image issues and the, Oh, what do I look like? And strangely enough, like I gained more weight with the second, you know, just by the numbers, I was more active, but I gained more weight, but I carried it better and I cared less, you know, it's like something about that perspective kicked in where it was just like, girl, you have so much more things to worry about than this noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when you're going through it the first time, it's kind of hard because you don't, you know what you're creating, but you don't really know what it's going to be like to have a little one that calls you mommy and just thinks the world of you. And so, you know, with the second one, my daughter, she knew she would say like sissy and pat my belly and like, it was so cute. And it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm making your sissy. And (laughs) so it's just, it's really special. It's really powerful. And it just, it makes you feel strong. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are, you know, you are. Yeah. (laughs) As she's trying to come out of the room. Oh goodness. (laughs) I'm powerful. Do you hear that? (laughs) Yeah. Sit back down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is where like my creepy stalkerness is going to come in. Okay. Cause I did a deep dive on your Facebook page. So you and your husband got engaged after 94 days of knowing each other. Yes. Tell me the story. (laughs) How did you meet? 94 days. (laughs) So it's funny that you actually mentioned that because my, we made a, a book to kind of remember that. And my daughter just found it in a drawer. And so I was like, okay, you can go read that with daddy. Um, but it outlines everything that happened. I should actually go get that. Cause some of the the stats are pretty, I'm going to go get that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's our book. Oh, cool. The great love so story of see. Kyle and Stephanie. Let's see. So we first started talking on November 13th, 2015. Okay. So talking meaning what? Met. Okay. So we met online. Okay. Um, then we became boyfriend and girlfriend on November 24th. Okay. Um, so that's interesting. That's an interesting story. Okay. Um, I got a, an internship in Omaha and my dad and I were going to look at apartments. And so my first date with my now husband, my dad went on the date with us (laughs) (laughs) and paid for the meal. Like how, like how though? You're like, Hey, (laughs) like I'm going to bring my dad. Like what do you, what? I mean, knowing my husband now, I'm like, that's totally something that he would think nothing of. And they just talked the whole time about football and all the things that they, they still love to talk about now. And yeah, so my dad was on our first date. (laughs) Okay. So tell me about that car ride home then you and your, like you and your dad. (laughs) So we were leaving Omaha and was kind of quiet at first. And then he's like, I like Kyle. You should keep him. Dang. <laughs> and yeah, so I got dad's approval right away. And that's amazing. Yeah, so that was that fun. Hilarious. 
Let's see. So (laughs) the first week we knew each other, we spent 45 hours and 37 minutes Skyping. They don't have a limit on that sort of thing? No. Our (laughs) longest one was nine hours and 47 minutes on one day. I think we watched a couple movies that day. Oh my God. (laughs) That's like practicing for pandemic living. I mean, yeah, we we knew. We knew this was going to happen. So no, this is, it's funny. So this is like, this is just too good not to document. This and is then, great. Let's see. We bought the wedding ring together. Okay. Happened around Christmas time. I do know that. Okay. So we have this wonderful picture of us. Oh my gosh. And now here it is. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then, yeah, he proposed 94 days after meeting. Oh my gosh. Like how, how were like your friends or like, (laughs) tell me how your most judgmental friend was reacting to this. (laughs) Um, they were just like, are you sure about this? Like, do you really think you know this guy? And I mean, when you're on Skype for 45 hours, you talk about a lot. Yeah. You, You have a lot of time to talk about things that you know, it might take longer to talk about if you're in person, because if you're just hanging out, you know, you just kind of will be like, oh, do you want pop? And then you drink the pop, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> or however it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we talked about everything from kids to where we want to live, what we want to do someday, um, just all of that and how we want to well- raise our kids. What was it about him? Like, what was the, what was the hook? I don't know. I don't know. It was just comfortable right from the beginning. I think one of the things that I had seen when I had talked to other guys is there were things about me that I was like, okay, I need to not do that because he doesn't like it. And with Kyle, it was just instant. I could be myself. I didn't have to hide anything or not do anything like I could just be my genuine self and that was perfect for him yeah I think that says a lot yeah it was it was nice it's worked out here we are let's see six years later yeah (laughs) we got two beautiful little girls and it's great so how long after he proposed did you guys get married so we wanted to get married um, within the first year, but then I was considering, you know, continuing to do pageants for another year. And so we were like, well, let's just put it off for another year, get yeah. more time to save up for the wedding. I can compete. I ended up not competing, but we ended up getting married July, 2018, 17. Consult the book. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> when did we get married? <laughs> I don't know. I think 2018. Let's go with 2018. Kyle, okay. when did we get married? He doesn't know either. Okay. <laughs> I do know the date though. It's seven, seven. So okay. either 18 or 17. Cause I know it's something that looks cool. All right. Well, you have some time to, to look up the actual <laughs> date before the, the anniversary comes and you need to exchange yeah. the cards. Oh, it is. Wait, it is 2018. Okay. Cause Maddie was born May, 2019. Okay. So there we go. It's one of those babies. So that's, that's how I can remember it. Okay. And so, but in that time, you guys have moved a little bit too, right? (laughs) A little bit? (laughs) A little bit. So we started off in Omaha. We lived there for three months. Um, Then we moved to West Des Moines, Iowa, where we were there for a year. Then Ankeny, Iowa, where we were there for three months. Then Kansas City, Kansas, where we were there for a year. Um, Kansas City, Missouri, there for a year. Stillwater, Oklahoma, for two years. <laughs> and now back to Kansas City. Oh, dang. So, like, is it career <laughs> stuff that kept you guys moving? Yeah. So, I was working in sports. Um, and I was kind of, you know, looking for what would be a good fit. Start off in college setting. Um, went to minor league sports. Then major league sports. Then I was like, I think college would be better. And so 
we moved down to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and I worked at Oklahoma State. And then COVID hit, and we both got laid off from COVID layoffs. Okay. While I was pregnant with Riley. Oh, fun. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we both got laid off, and we were like, okay, we could stay here. We had actually just bought a house three months prior to, so we were in the new house. And so then we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Um, but we figured what would be probably the best for us is be a little closer to family. So yeah. we moved back up to Kansas city to be closer to family. Um, someone rented our house for this past year ish, however long it's been. Um, and we actually just got a buyer, um, the other day. So oh, good. we're going to be selling it in July. So that part will be taken care of, but we're really happy being in Kansas city. I actually have switched my career. I'm now a teacher. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, um, I've been long-term substituting right now as a paraprofessional, um, working with the most amazing kids ever. And it's just been wonderful. So really quickly, I want to go back to, um, you guys both getting laid off basically related to, okay. Cause like sports weren't being played. Exactly. So like, and you were working at um, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And so they just like got rid of a bunch of workers. They got rid of, I think there were 11 of us. Wow. And they actually ended up publishing our names in the newspaper too. Why? <laughs> yeah. They published like our names, how much we were making. What? Um, what our titles were like. Oh, it was the worst. It was, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And then meanwhile, Kyle as well? Because what does Kyle do? Kyle as well. He was working in HR actually at that time. And yeah, he got laid off too. Unreal. How, I mean, how did you guys handle that? I mean, it was such a stressful time for everybody regardless. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, but basically the, the thing that really kept us good is I just kept saying to my husband, our girls are healthy. We're healthy. None of us have COVID. We'll get through this Yeah, because we always do. Um, we've had some crazy things happen and we always make it through. And I was like, we'll get through this too. So, um, you know, here we are in April. So I've been, I went back to work last week. Um, so I've been working and he got a job offer finally, um, last month, but they're, they've been doing a lot of background check stuff, but yeah, he starts soon too. Oh so. gosh. Okay. So, but again, you're making everything sound easy. I mean, it's like, like, gosh, I just, I just remember just being in the thick of, of last year. And like, I myself was going through like a contract negotiation and, you know, like it was super difficult and like, God, it just, everything felt so unknown. You know what I mean? Like everything and you're pregnant, just props to you for keeping a good attitude. Yeah. I think the, the thing that's helped me the most is probably my faith just because I'm like, we'll make it through one way or another. We're not going to die from not having jobs for a little bit. Like, yeah. this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna kill us. Like it's something we'll just get through and yeah. it might be hard and it might be uncomfortable for a little bit, but we'll make it through. And then we'll laugh about it a few years down the road about how we, how we did it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and cranking on that Peloton sure helps. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. <laughs> That's a thing. If it ever gets to be too much, I'm like, I'm going to go work out. <laughs> Good for you. Okay. So that's the other question that I had for you. How many weeks after having Riley, did you go back to work? Uh, six. Yeah. <sighs> Bless you. <laughs> okay. Six weeks. That's like, that's like not cool. Like, why did you have to go yeah. back to work after six weeks? Well, so we, Kyle wasn't working and it was just one of those things where I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to start bringing in money again. And, um, I was feeling good. That was my recovery from 
pregnancy and the delivery was really good. And so I was like, like, I'm, I'm willing to go back. Like I got, I got this. (laughs) And it's just, the thing is that the principal that has, that offered me the job and everything, he's just been so amazing and supportive. And he's always checking in just to be like, Hey, like, are are you good? Are you still good? And um, just being in an environment that, that that is that supportive has been really nice. Um, so I, when I go to work, I don't feel like it's, oh my gosh, I'm all alone here. Like, that's what I love about being at this school is you still feel like you're surrounded by like family. And so it's been, it's been really good. Yeah. I mean, I just think, and I'm not going to ask you to talk, to talk trash about your work. Um, but I'll do it. Um, I just (laughs) like, I just think like having, having done it twice and gone back after 12 weeks. Okay. And I realized (laughs) that that is a gift to be able to go back after 12 weeks. It should not be a gift to go after, you know what I mean? Like, like, I just think that what we ask women to do after birthing a human is an outrage. It's, it's an outrage. Ridiculous. And I realized that, you know, you're making the right choices for your family <laughs> and you're, you know what I mean? You're like doing what you need to do. And like, I just think it's a more of a societal situation. Yeah. That's how it was with my first. Um, really? I went back after four weeks with what? her and then I had to go to Ohio for a week when she was, I think she was only six weeks. I had to go on a, a business trip to Ohio for a week. And so we tried everything we could to figure out, like, can I keep breastfeeding? But I couldn't because, you know, when you're working in sports and when you're going to be away for that long and I was at like a convention and everything. So I was like, I can't make this work. So my first one, absolutely. That's how it was. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and then to have to make choices about breastfeeding because of work. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm just sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. It's really crazy. Like, especially this was my first and, you know, when I, I went back to where I went to work at four weeks, like, no, (laughs) it was, that was a really bad situation. And it kind of, I mean, it kind of set the the tone for our time there, to be completely honest. I was told that, um, one of my biggest problems is I wanted to be a mom. Pardon me? And that was really hard to hear. What? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the Oprah from the Meghan Markle (laughs) interview. Okay. This is my, what? Like somebody said that to you. Yes. A man said that to you. Yep. How do like how do you how does one respond to that? By leaving the industry. <laughs> That's <laughs> that that was the last straw for me. That's another big reason that I switched to teaching is because I mean, sports, it's hard enough as it is to be a woman working in sports. Um, but when you get a family and pregnancy and kids involved, it just becomes a whole different animal. Um, it's really hard. It's a really hard industry to be in if you want to have kids and, and be a mom. It really is. And like so, taking that part out of it, like you probably loved the job. I loved it. I did love it. I, yeah, I really loved it. It was really fun, but you know, things change, you know, I I'm married now and I have my two kiddos and if I can be at a school as a teacher and have that wonderful work work-life balance and the support from the people around me. Like it's just a way better situation. I'm just trying to understand how people get away with talking to women like that. That's the thing about (laughs) HR when it comes to sports. It's not, it's not not your friend. (laughs) That's just it. Like, I mean, it's funny because when I, started interviewing for different positions in the school district, they were so serious and adamant about, we don't care that you're pregnant. Like we don't care at all. Cause I, I just gave them the, the disclaimer. I'm like, Hey, like I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby in like five weeks. So just so you know, and every person I talked to was so kind and so understanding. 
And that's just not something that happens in sports. It really is kind of a boys club and it's, it's just very different. It's a very different world. I mean, here you are sitting here, an accomplished young woman. You tell me that you love the work. It's 2021 and you're raising (laughs) two girls, you know, imagine your girls being in an office one day and having someone look her in the face and say that. I hope your girls live in a different world where that's not something that would be thought, let alone said. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because I come home and I tell my husband these things and he's just always shocked because he's always worked in big business things where they take HR very seriously. He's worked um, at courthouses and they always take everything very seriously. They don't let anyone talk to anyone like that. And in sports, it's just not like that. (laughs) It's just never been like that. I've worked in so many different settings, different sports teams, and every single one is the exact same. So (laughs) it's, it's a hard industry to be in if you are anything but a young, single, no responsibility kind of person. Or if you do have responsibilities, you need to be high enough, high up enough in the company that you, no one's saying it to you. You're you're the one in charge. But well, the dumb thing is, is that women play sports. Women who give birth play sports. Hello. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's so crazy. And I I have tried going to HR in the settings, and it just never ended well because yeah. you know they they say you can't fight back or like if they go to HR about something you did you can't treat them differently yeah. um one time i had a boss that didn't talk to me for the next 3 weeks oh like nice. would not talk to me <laughs> because that that was his way of coping that i was like you can't talk to me like this or say things like this right um yeah, it was emails only and we sat right next to each other. <laughs> oh. But yeah, he's a he's a big man now, huh? Yep. <laughs> We're guy. just going down the rabbit hole of what's Are wrong we? with sports now. <laughs> well, okay, no, and we can we can change the subject, but honestly, like it just it just I was just reading an article about like the concept of the motherhood penalty. You know what I mean? When it comes to pay, when it comes to setbacks in your career. And Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who thinks that at the end of the day, like I acknowledge that I did take three months off. I acknowledge, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, I'm not saying that like everything like time needs to stand still because I have left the workplace for a little while. But I also think we have to acknowledge that like, how else is it supposed to work? You know what I mean? Like, this isn't like, this isn't like some ploy for me to like, get out of work. You know, like this isn't like, like some vacation. It's not like, like a big plot against men to like make as much as them, but also have free time. Like, you know, it's like, it's not a conspiracy. It's like literally like how the world works. And I feel very confident that if a men got pregnant, the rules would be very different. Oh yeah. They'd be like, we need a whole year. This is hard. <laughs> and alcohol is fine to drink when you're pregnant. It's in fact <laughs> encouraged. <laughs> yeah. That's the, the thing. Like, you know, having that more time would have been so helpful just because you, they might be sleeping more. <laughs> like right now, Riley is up at those times that I said earlier, and then I have to wake up and go to work. So it's like, I'm not sleeping very much. And, you know, if you don't have to go to work right away, like you can make sure that if you want to breastfeed, like you have your supply in and you have a schedule. Um, if you go back to work at four weeks, like I did, it's, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? No. So yeah, there's just, there's a lot of reasons besides the, pain and the mental health and the breastfeeding and the, should I, should I go on? (laughs) Right. There's so many reasons that it's just, it shouldn't be that way. Right. And anybody who has a wife who's given birth, you know, should 
see that visibly in her. And I mean, the thing is, is that like you have a supportive partner, you know what I mean? Who is available and able to help you, you know, and just imagine like, if that wasn't the case, like then what, you know? So I just, I just think it's a shame. And I just think like you're handling it wonderfully and I'm glad you're in a better situation (laughs) that makes you happy. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely better and it's, it's good. It's a good change. Yeah. Riley came a little early. Yes. Yes. Yep. She was supposed to be March 7th came February 24th. Okay. Okay. So not, not too bad with like everything was healthy though. Yes. Yep. She was perfectly healthy. Um, a lot smaller than her big sister. (laughs) Big sister was born in the 90th percentile and she was a little six ounce or six pounds, seven ounce baby. Yeah. Really tiny. Yeah. So that was really different. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so fragile. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she came a little bit early okay. and I totally messed up our plans for birthstones, but it's okay. Oh no. You didn't buy anything. Did you? We, we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, okay, like, March. Yeah, it's going to be March. That's good. But no, now we got the purple and green birthstones for the girls and <laughs> got this blue or I think it's blue thing. It's like, okay, well, I should have been patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, everyone can always use another pretty gemstone in their life. Exactly. It doesn't matter. well okay so Riley's entrance into the world is interesting because she was known as Melody when she was born yep okay Melody for the first four weeks of her life okay so this is super interesting to me so tell me about like when you guys settled on the name Melody Noel and like what you liked about that name talk to me about that initial decision so we oh goodness we had so many conversations about what we were going to name her. And we had officially decided so many times we officially decided Elena and then Bailey and then Brooklyn. And then one day I was in the kitchen and my daughter was watching little mermaid two. And I was like, Ooh, melody. Like, I like that because I originally loved the name Aria, but Aria Beavers doesn't sound the best. (laughs) So uh, I was like, okay, Melody's like really pretty because of music and everything. And so I talked to Kyle about it and he was like, yeah, I like Melody. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I told my family and they were all like, oh, that's pretty. That's cool. I like that. And then Noelle was one of my daughter's dolls was named Noelle. And I was like, oh, that's really pretty because I love Christmas. Yeah. Um, So we were like, okay, her name's going to be Melody Noelle. Perfect. So I ordered, you know, pacifier clips that say Melody, um, a giant sign that says Melody Noelle, blankets that say Melody Noelle. And I was like, okay, that's her name. Yeah. But I think the problem was I was expecting my daughter again my first daughter. Interesting. I was expecting her face, her hair, her look, her personality. I was expecting that again. And so when out came this spunky little redhead who has the face of my husband, (laughs) who is just so different than my first daughter, I was like, Hmm, I don't, I don't know about Melody, but I didn't think this until we got home from the hospital. Because while we were there, you know, you're so busy with doctor's appointments and paperwork and trying to sleep and you're not sitting there holding her thinking, hi, Melody, you know? And so then once we got home, I was just looking at her day after day. And I was like, this is, this is not right. This is not her name. (laughs) And I hung up her sign finally. And so I was just sitting in the room, like looking at her one day. And I, I called my sister cause she's always been like my, my go-to with all things about mom and motherhood. And yeah, she was like, really? Like she'll grow into the name. It, it's okay. 
And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, she'll, she'll grow into it. Then a couple more weeks passed and I call my husband in the room and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't call her Melody. Like it's not her name. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, are you serious? Like what, what name are you thinking? And I'm like, I'm thinking Riley. And he's like, yep, that okay. that's her name. Really? <laughs> yeah. He always loved the name Riley. He was always pitching the name Riley. And when I said it and he looked at her, he was like, yeah, she's a Riley. Oh my gosh. That's totally it. So then we were like, okay, we got to tell the, the mothers and the siblings and all that. Okay. So like that, like that was it. Like you guys were like, this is definitely not her name. And Riley is her name. Yes. Okay. Yep. So then we went to tell the family and everyone we talked to was like, oh, thank goodness. <gasps> what? Oh <my> <laughs> nobody like, 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 thanks for telling us that now. <laughs> nobody liked the name Melody. No kidding. Nobody. And, but they were too sweet to tell us. And like, so nobody liked it. And when we told them Riley, they were like, mm-hmm, yep, I could see it. Like, that's a good name. Wow. <laughs> That must have meant everything to you. In yeah. one way, you're like, thanks for not like telling me that you hated the first one. But then also, it was probably the reassurance that you you didn't need necessarily because you knew, but but still probably helped. Yeah. Yeah. Just having people be like, oh, yeah, like I could totally see that being her name. She looks just like a Riley. Like I, I remember I text my sister-in-law and I was like, Kara, what do you think? Is, is her name Melody? And she She's like, if it's not Melody, like, what would it be? And I was like, Riley. And she's like, yep, yep, I can see it. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I know you're going to be honest with me. So, and, and she does look like Riley. Like, it's just, it's her. <laughs> yeah. And it's remarkably easy to change your name, actually. <laughs> okay, that was going to be my next question because, so with the boys, filling out that form felt panicky every time because you're like oh my god like this is in pen like what if like the a looks like a b like you know what I mean like just filling out that stupid form the first time it feels super stressful well and like you're like double triple checking it like m a d like is that correct yes (laughs) yeah yeah so basically all we had to do was go to the circuit court civil court and like fill out some paperwork and um we're still waiting for the second half but the second half is gonna be easy um you just say like what you're changing the name to I signed off on it Kyle signed off on it and then we have to meet with a judge just to make it official I guess just to be like I don't know why are you doing this yeah (laughs) and um once the judge signs off on it then we're good so that still has yet to happen. You still have still to do yet to happen. We're, we're still working on that. But yeah, they said, we'll get something in the mail that will give us a phone number to call. And we just set up the hearing or whatever it is. And then the judge will sign off on it. I'm so. curious now that you're going down this path, how many people have come up to you and been like, I did the same thing, or I wish I had done the same thing. I've had a couple say that they didn't know that that was something they can do and they wish they would have done that. And I think also one of my favorite responses that I got um, when I posted on Facebook, one of my friends said, good for you for like trusting your mom instinct and picking a name that fits your, your child. And I love that. I was like, thank you. That is what I'm doing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, it's actually, the responses have been pretty great. It's not the most normal thing to do, but that's one thing I did research after, like I was feeling this way. I'm like, do other people feel this way? And it's actually pretty common. Really? That, yeah. That other moms will have regrets about the names that they pick. And, you know, I saw a thing where someone waited until their child was a year old and then changed it. Like, so we're pretty early in the game. She doesn't know her name is what it is yet. Sure. And 
it was kind of weird. Like, so Maddie, my first, would not say Melody. She just called her sissy all the time. She would not call her Melody. Um, and she can say her M's because she's yeah. Maddie and our cat is Momo. So she can say it. She wouldn't call her Melody. And then we said, okay, Maddie, this is Riley. And now she calls her Riley. Just wow. instantly started calling her Riley. How interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're, you're yeah. with us on this. I like that. Well, <laughs> in a way, I feel like obviously like legally there's the paperwork and, you know, like telling like my mom would make me nervous, but like writing the post on Facebook probably felt weird where you're like, oh great. Like Facebook is like such like a, <laughs> like I've gotten some in some Facebook fights with people this week. So I'm not like feeling super great about Facebook, but, but you know, like Facebook's like yeah. an ugly kind of a place where people are just like, bit, 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 you know, and you're probably like feeling a little sensitive about it. And you just like, don't need anyone trying to play with you. One thing that was kind of interesting is someone that I love dearly, um, actually said, Oh, like that was embarrassing. (gasps) And I was like, Hmm, no, like, I I don't see it as embarrassing. You know, it was, her name was Melody and it just, it wasn't going to be her name. And I didn't want to go the rest of my life being like, oh, I wish we had to change this. Like, this is just not the name we should have picked and trying to come up with a million and one nicknames. Like I was looking up nicknames all the time, trying to see if there was one that would fit her. And I was like, Odie or Ellie, or (laughs) like I was trying everything to like not do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, just, it is what it is. And I, I wanted to make the the post because I wanted, I didn't want to just start referring to her as Riley and have time and time again, where people are like, wait, what, who, who is this? Yeah. Who's Riley? Cause I was like, okay, the people who see my Facebook the most and spend the most time on my Facebook and w- are most likely to comment, they'll see this post. Yeah. And then once they see this post done, you know? Totally. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with the, wait, what? On every post. Yeah. (laughs) And so you also did, you did the clean sweep. Like you changed the middle name too. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about that. (laughs) Yes. So we realized that Riley is a very spunky name and Noelle is very beautiful and very melodic sounding. And I was like, I want something a little more spunky for her. And so we made a million lists trying to figure out what would be a good middle name. And my husband came up with the middle name, Kate. So it's Riley Kate. And, you know, I was a big Mary Kate and Ashley fan when I was younger. So I was like, Riley Kate kind of reminds me of Mary Kate. So yeah, I, I just love it. It's just, it's totally her. It's, yeah. it's, it's just her. Like I, yeah. I can't even explain it. It's just, that's, that's her name. That's her. And I love it. Yeah. Like I feel so good about it. Like every time someone says Riley, it just, it like gives me butterflies. I'm like, yes, that's her name. I like it. So, you know, that's kind of been my thing lately with just life in general. You know, I'm human. We're all human. You just kind of do the best you can and that's what Kyle and I say. We just do things, you know, <laughs> that's why we've moved a million times. And that's why we decided to get a puppy when we had a, a three month old and yeah, that's doing <laughs> some things. <laughs> we bought a house and, you know, we just, we do things. That's what we do. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, that's, that's why I wanted to talk to you about the name change thing, because mm-hmm. I, feel like so much of being a mom is learning to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. And you do that in your career a little bit. You do that when you're like walking down the street and you're not sure if like someone's about to come out and mug you, you know, you're like, your gut's <laughs> always on, but like in motherhood, it's like, you have to do what feels right to you. And that's breastfeeding, that's sleep training, that's every decision that you make. And I just felt like 
overall, that concept is relatable across the board to moms everywhere. And that's something that I always try to, you know, tell new moms that I talk to, like, I can give you a million and one tips and tricks, but at the end of the day, like you're, you'll learn, you'll adapt and, you know, you'll just, it'll just become natural. And I've also been very about just telling people the things that I do, whether it's right, wrong, you know, I'm in this like Facebook group for March, 2021 babies. And when we, I was no longer able to breastfeed and I had to switch to formula. I made a post in there being like, Hey, just want to let you guys know, like I switched to formula and I'm proud of that decision because my baby's getting the nutrients she needs. And if any of you are, you know, feeling like you're struggling or that's something that is like unacceptable because the mom shaming for people that can't breastfeed is so bad. It's so bad. And so I was just like, I, you know, I should just read the post. It was a good post. Okay. I would like to hear it. Okay. So I said, I just want to admit something openly because I don't want any of you to go through this. We have given up on breastfeeding and switched to formula and everyone here is doing so much better. My baby is sleeping better and getting full without needing to feed for hours on end. My toddler is getting a lot more mommy time. So she is much happier and my depression and anxiety is finally under control again. I've spent the past couple days crying and feeling so guilty that breastfeeding didn't work out for me yet again, but I need to practice what I've been preaching to other moms and show myself grace. Formula is going to help me be a better mom to my girls. So for our family, it is what is best for us, and that is okay. So if you are still going strong with breast milk, you are amazing. And if you have made the switch like me, you are also amazing. Happy, healthy babies is the goal, whatever it takes. I love it. And there was so many moms that commented underneath and they were like, thank you for, for posting this. Like I've been struggling with this too. And just making people feel like they're not alone is kind of something that I I really enjoy doing. And so, you know, by posting out there that we switched Riley's name, I'm like, Hey, if you're feeling this way and you want to make a change, do it you know? (laughs) Yeah. Were you feeling like a little like depression, anxiety, just related to not feeling good about breastfeeding or like what was, what was happening there? Yeah. So, you know, breastfeeding is so hard. That's one thing that they don't, it's so hard. They, that's one thing they don't really mention. And then, you know, when they're constantly being like, you need to do this, like it's, the people that say that fed is best is not correct. I'm like, no, fed is best. <laughs> um, so that was my thing is I didn't know how much she was getting and she was just constantly wanting to feed and she was just crying and screaming and it was just not good for her. And so I was just spending so much time trying to feed her and I was crying and she was crying and my husband was wanting to help, but he couldn't. And I was like, she's not getting enough. Like, I just, I don't know what to do. And then he was like, just let me give her a bottle. And I was like, I I can't pump. I can't do anything like that. Um, he's like, let's just give her a bottle of formula. And we did and she was happy and calm. And I got to go spend time with my two-year-old while he did that. And eventually he's like, Hey, if this is going to make you feel anxious all the time and you're going to be crying all the time, like let's consider formula again. I tried for a couple more days and I eventually was just like, I can't do it. And so we switched her to formula and now she's on an eating schedule. She barely cries ever. And I get to spend more time with Maddie, which is great. Yeah. And I get more sleep (laughs) because if he can feed her that 3am bottle and I can sleep a little bit extra, it's really nice. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it comes up all the time on this podcast and I just don't think 
And maybe it's because I need to hear it too, because I, um, I went through postpartum after my second and, um, and I was exclusively pumping. And it's like, when I really think about it, I made it six months exclusively pumping and it was a soul sucking activity. Mm -hmm. Um, it was horrible (laughs) and terrible and I had pneumonia Mm -hmm. and it was, it was God awful. And I almost like, when I look back now, it's like pumping was the only thing I felt like I could successfully do because I, I couldn't breastfeed successfully. I couldn't manage my mood successfully, but if I can just make this freaking milk and stack it up in my freezer, I might not have bonded to this child and I might not have, you know, handled anything appropriately, but like by God, that kid's going to have milk to drink. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like when everything was so out of control, even though that was hard, like I could control it because I could watch ounces like pile up that I could do that I could do, you know, that that's something that I've said to my husband time and time again, um, because I do have, um, anxiety and so when things are not going right, I look for what I can control and it always gets worse postpartum. So that's when I actually originally discovered that I had, um, anxiety was with Maddie because I was spending all day thinking, what if someone came in our apartment and killed us all? Like just thoughts like that were just always in my head. And that's something that when you have kids and you have that new human that you are just so in love with, if you have anxiety and depression, you sometimes you find yourself thinking like, what if I lose them, you know, and especially with all the the fears with SIDS and everything like that. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot to handle. And so, yeah, I was finding myself looking for what I can control. And so that's what I found formula did for me and my husband, because I was able to say, here's her four ounces. She's taking the four ounces. I can control this. I can make yeah. sure she's getting exactly what she needs. I have so much admiration for you right now. <laughs> I just think anytime two moms can talk authentically about their experiences, like we all win. And then I oh, hope, yeah. I hope down the road, your daughters win Definitely. their motherhood experience. I think it's going to be better because we are talking more than our moms did. To me, that's the whole mission of my podcast. It's like, if we talk about it better, our girls, your girls will talk about it better. Maybe my sons will talk about it with their wives better. One of the things is that when you are a mom, you want to be like super mom and I got everything under control. And, you know, it's, it's just not realistic. (laughs) A lot of the times it just isn't. And I think that's, what's helped me the most is just being open with people and that Facebook group I told you about, like everyone in there is just so open about how they're feeling and what they're doing. And just, I think that's what helps me to be stronger. And that's, you said like at the beginning, like, oh, you're making it look so easy. It's not, but I'm so open about it with the people around me that I feel strong. Like it is, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's when you keep it inside that it's like more of a struggle, but you know, I have my support system. So even though I went back to work at six weeks, like I have my husband and my mom and my sister, and I have my Facebook group I talk to, and I have all these different people that are making it seem easier for me. Yeah. Well, I am not (laughs) going to keep you up any later, but sincerely, thank you for this conversation. It was like therapeutic for me. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you for, you know, I think this podcast is amazing. And yeah, I think it's really great just to have these conversations. Get some sleep. Until nine. Oh, it's almost 930. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good because now it's not (laughs) like you'll like lay down for like a half hour and go, oh. So I, yeah. I have done you a favor is what I've done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we should end with like something uplifting. Yes. You know I mean? Tell me 
something non-mom related. Okay. It can't be anything okay. to do with your, with your girls. Tell me something that makes you feel powerful, not as a mom, but as a woman. Exercise. Yeah. That has been my thing lately. I love it. I cycle, I do Pilates, I do arm workouts. When I have that time to work out that like me time, it is the best. Yeah. And then when I'm done, I'm ready to go and be a mom again. But exercise is really great. Big fan, big fan of exercising. You probably don't have a ton of time, but recommend a book, a TV show or a podcast, like something you've been binging or like, what do you watch during feedings or like throw something out there that you're loving right now? (laughs) Okay. So I'm a big YouTube person. I love watching different people on YouTube. My favorite YouTubers to watch right now are they're named Phil and Alex. They are this incredible couple um, who went through, I think it was like seven years of infertility. They adopted two amazing little girls and they just had, um, their first biological child. Um, but she had the same heart defect that the dad had. So they oh had to gosh. go through open heart surgery and they are the most positive, uplifting people that I've ever seen. And so that's what I do when I'm feeding them is I just watch them and try to have the the positivity and the uplifting spirit that they have. They're really incredible. And they are Phil and Alex? Phil and Alex. Interesting. Okay. Good recommendation. Yes. Stephanie, this has been so great to catch up with you. Yes. I like truly, this has been one of my favorite interviews in a long time. So thank you. Oh, you're thank so you sweet. This. Thanks so much for listening to On a Mother Level. If you would share this podcast with a friend, I would be eternally grateful. And in fact, if you could tag at On a Mother Level in your Instagram stories and tell someone about this episode, share a takeaway, share a moment that you liked or um, something that stuck with you, I would be so grateful. It's at On a Mother Level on Instagram. Share the love. Let other moms in our area know that this podcast is out there because I guarantee there's something in here that everyone can relate to. That's what we strive to do. I believe in the power of female connections, and I believe in the power of moms getting together, sharing their stories, and standing by their convictions. And that's why I love this conversation. And that's why I love you for joining me every single week here on A Mother Level. We can relate. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.